Hey everybody, Aaron here. Thanks so much for joining us and apologies we are a couple days late this week. We have been working on some upcoming content that we are excited about. Additionally, I wanted to mention that we have a few special edition podcasts that we have been working on, one of which was recently released. It is our Forecast Community Cast Episode 3, where we talked to Sam Bryant and Gwen Ruel of Runaway Parade Games about Fire Tower, a game they made. So make sure you check that one out. It's a really unique cast. We're also working on an upcoming episode of Expanding Horizons, so make sure you take a listen to that as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and let's get right into it. If there's meatball and spaghetti, it's a meal. But if it's just spaghetti, that's just a side dish. So... What if you eat the spaghetti and then the meatballs, or yeah, vice versa? And like, spaghetti what? and meatballs, are you just having meatballs as a meal with a side of spaghetti? <laughs> I think that's correct. I think that's correct. That is a wild position well, to take. It depends. It depends. Is are the meatballs in the spaghetti, or are they like on, okay, like next let's, to the let's spaghetti? Let's paint a picture here. You've been served spaghetti and also <laughs> meatballs separately. 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 Currently, the spaghetti is not a meal. But then you look at this and you say, no, no, and you combine them. Now what's going on? Now where are we at? We're at a meal and we've done it. Yeah. Good job. It's just like eating at a Mexican restaurant when you store all of the stuff together and you start eating it. See, mm. the, like, the main course, the enchiladas, they're technically the meal, but you're also like scraping in some beans and rice there. Mm. Kind of the same thing, right? I mean, I suppose. What if you eat it like vertically or... Laterally. Laterally, that's the word that I'm looking for. <laughs> Jake, I have to send you this video of this guy where they're having a discussion as to whether or not his girlfriend eats a PBJ by eating like one half of the sandwich with peanut butter on it and then the other half of the sandwich with jelly on it. And they're trying to determine if she's actually eating a PBJ or if she's eating... It's not half a sandwich and half a sandwich. It's one piece of bread Sorry. with peanut butter and one piece of bread with a jelly. That's, that's still half a sandwich and half a sandwich. That is half a sandwich. It's she a weird way one. to do half. And then all of the other. I mean, yeah. technically, yeah. she is doing a PB and <laughs> J. Hey everybody, welcome to the forecast episode 99. We are we are nearing 100. This is we need to come up with I've something special told, to do. Yeah, I've been told we have to do something special. We have to. We'll just call it Un Hundred. That'll be the special thing. That's instead of 100. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. Uh, welcome to the forecast. Uh, the forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced on Thursdays. We're a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to things that we experience in our everyday life uh, lives. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash We Are The Horizon Community, or you can come hang out on our Discord channel, or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com. We have a ton of original content there for you to browse through as well. Uh, additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. Uh, I am Aaron, and I am joined by a couple of additional people this week. Alex? Hi, sorry. Wow, I was a taking a drink. On that one. You're there. You're there. No, it's fine. I, I, I don't pay attention when we do this either. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, now's a really good time to take a drink, and then I was just doing it. Nope, it was nope. happening. Nope. Jake, John. Hello. 
And Wait, Kaylee. I should have delayed. I messed up. Oh, that's right. Again? Right. Jake John? Oh, hey. Okay. There we go. Perfect. All right. Nailed and it. Caleb. That's me. That's me. That's that was way too fast. That's garbage. <laughs> also, you're supposed to say Owen's line since he's not here. No. No? <laughs> right, I'm just, I was checking. I was just checking. All right. Uh, let's start out with what we've been starting out with that never turns into anything. That's Alex time. What do we got? Anything? Uh, I guess I could put E3's canceled here. Th- that's your entire segment? Yep. That's garbage. There's no more segments because E3's canceled, so video games are over, I guess. Oh, shoot. That's <laughs> it. No more video games. That sucks. Team's going down tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Alex time. Oh, we had a good run. It was we funny. Did. Like... Devolver Digital came out a day before they canceled E3 and just put up a tweet that was like, cancel your E3 flights and hotels, people. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, did they just leak that E3's canceled? I, don't, I feel like that's a pretty safe guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could have guessed the same thing. I mean, they could have just been really angry at E3 and been like, oh, cancel your plane tickets yeah, in your E3 hotel. sucks. Got him. I'm going to guess that wasn't it. No, that was it. Okay. I think we got it. Perfect. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about what you've been playing lately. Caleb, let's start with you. I've been playing a couple games that came out of PAX East, actually. I've been playing some Curse of the Dead Gods, which uh, I think Aaron showed me at PAX East, maybe. It's uh, a. It's actually one that Aaron showed you and you didn't know about and you hadn't kickstarted. Yeah, yeah that is correct. I think he actually had kickstarted. He just doesn't remember kickstarting it and he hasn't <laughs> had a chance to look through all of his Kickstarter backings. It doesn't, so. it, I don't think I had a Kickstarter, so that's that's the key here. But it's a little roguelike that has some kind of almost Souls esque combat. Lots of dodge rolling, and when you use a heavy weapon, you can't cancel out of it with your dodge roll, which is super punishing. You gotta be quite careful. It's got some pretty interesting mechanics where as you progress through the dungeon you get cursed by going through doors and also enemy attacks when you're in darkness and those curses build up and then something you get like a major curse that does some terrible stuff like all enemies are invisible unless they're in light which is super rough and it's got a little mechanic where you can carry on a torch if you want but while you have it out you can't really swing your sword or anything so you got to put your torch away and go back into darkness to attack people and it's got some uh it's got some pretty neat combos of traits and weapons you can pick up that I've been having some fun with. So far I've only beaten the first and second difficulties for the first temple. I feel like it has a really good setting theme. I, not something I play often that's in that like uh it's almost like the South American gods temple Oh sure, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's unique. I don't think I've played anything, at least recently, uh, in recent memory, that had that sort of aesthetic. Right. I mean, I feel like the the aesthetic. You end, ultimately you're just going through several dark dungeons, right? True. I mean, True. yeah. When do you go through the darkest dungeon, though? That's oh. the final boss. Mm, yeah, <laughs> the final yeah. boss. You have to play the entire game of Darkest Dungeon without dying. That's the secret. <laughs> uh, the other game I've been playing from Pax East is a game called Scourgebringer. Which I feel like you're uh, not saying that right. I feel like it's supposed to be said like Scorchbringer. Yeah, that's nah. definitely better. Like it's the a very edgy like name. That. Okay, very edgy. Yeah, but it's another little roguelike. Uh, it actually, I think it feels pretty similar to Flint Hook. Wait, it's a roguelike? Yeah, you played it, Pax? Do you? Yeah. Do you like that huh? genre? I, you know, maybe mm. I've been I've been thinking about it lately. Mm. Huh. You, you should just this website. It's called Kickstarter. <laughs> 
I've had a bunch of those. <laughs> I think you'd really like him. Uh, but it's a it's a fun little roguelike, kind of like uh, I think it feels like Flint Hook. I think Alex disagrees on that front. But the way it's, uh, I guess, laid out feels very much like Flint Hook. But it's it's not very the combat's not nearly as punishing as like the last game I talked about, Curse of the Dead Gods. Because you can just stay in the air basically permanently because you have a dash that cools down really fast and you have a double jump and slashing like hovers you while you're slashing. So the difficulty doesn't come from any amount of mobility. It comes from like being able to bring order to your own chaos of attacking things in order to like order dodge to projectiles and stuff. Yeah. That's just, so like, edgy. Doing things. Yeah. I mean, it is Scourgebringer. It's got to be. Uh, I just are you just doing things that are like like putting combos together that like you're moving so fast that you mess things up or you're not dodging? Right, right, right. Okay. Like like the dash, it's not a dodge. It doesn't make you invulnerable. So you literally have to dodge things. Got you can't it. like dash through them. So you gotta be very careful about where you dash and where you're jumping around attacking things. So that sounds really obnoxious. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun actually. Right. Cool. I've uh, beaten all the content in it currently, so I'm waiting for them to put out more. Well, Alex, how about you? What have you been playing? Uh, I also played both those games that he listed. I was way less excited about Scorchbringer. I don't think it's very good. Boom, there it is. Is it because there's no <laughs> iframes? Because I think it's really <laughs> annoying. That sounds that terrible. It is annoying, and also I just wish the movement had some sort of weight to it. Like, it just feels so flighty and floaty like you can just move around the screen where like what it gets to the point where it's like why is this even like a vertical platformer why is it's not just like top down mm. but i don't know that's just me when i looked at it and people described it on steam they were like celeste plus dead cells and it's definitely not that it is not that it is not those things that's because... what that's what i posted in steam for my review yeah, yeah. I, I did the same. I've never even heard of this game. That's what I, I literally just typed that. And it's like, you can jump and you have a dash, but it feels nothing like jumping and dashing in Celeste. It's more like Hyperlight Flint Hook. That's how I described it. Sure, yeah. Yeah, my, I'm looking at your review right now. That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Hyperlight Flint Hook, yeah. Can't confirm. Um, but more importantly, I played through all of Black Mesa. Whoa. So. That game wow. is super good. So it just came out like officially in 1.0 um, after being in development since like 2006. <laughs> um, but they added all of the Zen levels from the end of Half-Life 1. And actually, I didn't really know this because I didn't play all the way through Half-Life 1 back when that came out. But I think they expanded those levels, like added a bunch of content to them because... I thought I was almost done with the game, and then it went on for like five more hours. So, in a bad way or in a good way? In a good way. It's really, really good. Um, that yeah, that get, whole game is like super awesome, and the Zen levels are actually like incredibly beautiful. Even though this game's like kind of dated at this point. I know we've like briefly mentioned this before, but I'm still blown away that these guys can get away with basically just remaking a game from one of the most 
I don't know if it's popular, infamous, just something. Influential. It's just influential, sure. Uh, one of the most influential. Definitely still copywritten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, how? How? I don't know how yeah. Valve wasn't they just like. Sell it they for twenty dollars on Valve's own store. So. Right. Right. They just got Valve's permission, and they're like, "Yeah, cool, yeah. do it up." I mean. I'm honestly guess, surprised Valve didn't just be like, instead of just giving them the go-ahead, they just buy them. That's right. kind and be of like, what You're I thought they would do. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. So they do to like everybody else. Yeah, but the problem is with that, I mean, like, look at uh, the Firewatch people. Like, mm-hmm. they, were, they were bought, and now they're not making their game, because they just moved on to something else. I mean, sure, but presumably yeah, but like, Valve said, we're going to buy you, and you're making Firewatch 2. Mm. They would be making Firewatch 2, you know? I guess that's true. Yeah. Like, um, Team Fortress and Left 4 Dead, I think both of those teams were, like, independent and bought by Valve to finish the projects. I do think it's interesting that, uh, this came out, like, right before Alex, Half-Life Alex is about to come out, which is the first Half-Life game since Half-Life 2 Episode 1, Episode 2. Episode two. Episode two. Maybe that's why they decided not to do it. They were like, "Shit, do people know what Half Life is?" <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just let these guys finish it real quick. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. Two, episode two came out in two thousand seven. I mean, it's been thirteen Jeez. years. Yeah, and now oh we're God, finally so one point <laughs> for Black Mesa, and Half Life Alex is coming out. What in two weeks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so Good I mean, it definitely serves them to reinvigorate Half Life. Right. Um, but yeah, it also served Crowbar Collective to get it out just before Alex came out. Absolutely. So I'm sure they pushed for that super hard. You came out? Yeah, I'm sure they heard about Alex and they're like, mm, we gotta get this done before that. Yeah. Uh, excellent, excellent game. It's If you've never played Half-Life, it, it's ha- got some things in it that like, are surprising to me. Like They're not afraid to just like introduce a one-off mechanic that they use for a single puzzle and then like never use it again like and and do it like constantly like all the time like constantly there's new content and like ways to navigate the level design and stuff like that it's, it's really awesome um and then ori and the will of the wisps came out today yeah it's and funny. i played I was, I like two actually- hours of that I was talking to Caleb, and he was like, yeah, no, Alex said this. I was like, when did he play it? And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, I had no time because I was at work. Um, <laughs> no, I am unemployed currently, so. So everyone, introduce I, your new social media manager. Alex <laughs> played, I played Ori and the Will of the Wisps today, this afternoon. Um, it is very, very good so far. I'm super excited to play more of it. It seems like. They took the first Ori game and then they saw Hollow Knight and they were like, what if we just like put some of that Hollow Knight stuff in into the Ori? Yes. So is it It's real good. Actually I haven't played Ori in the Blind Forest. Mm-hmm. Is it better than Hollow Knight? No. Ori okay. in the Blind Forest? Um Or the I don't sequel, like, I guess. I don't like to compare oh, the sequel better than Either Hollow Knight? I have no idea. I think the first game, I don't like to compare it to Hollow Knight because the first game is very much focused on platforming. There's a lot less combat. And it's like barely a combat game. This game from the get-go seems way more focused on combat. 
So how's that one compared to Hollow Knight? I like it a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably end up liking it more than Hollow Knight, but that's just me. Cause oh, that's until Silk Song comes out, and then you're like, it's, yeah. it's super like Ori is like insanely beautiful graphics and like orchestral arrangements of music that can you know right, make you, you shed a tear because this has got both. Yeah, it really does. And it's in not space. Hollow Knight takes place in space. Yeah, how did you know? You said it. That's Hollow Knight's got a distinct aesthetic. I don't think it's like a, uh, like it is a very good looking game, but it's like its own style. It's not like a genuine like work of art. Like wow, painterly Our video expression. Art fired Hollow Knight. Incorrect. <laughs> Are video games art though, Alex? <laughs> Ori and the Will of the Wisps is art. None of the other ones are. Okay, okay. <laughs> Easy. Sorted it out. Wow. What was that pixel art game we played that was like crazy pretty? Children of Morta? Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. Man, what a pretty game. Uh, Jake, what have you been playing? Do you want to go first before I get I mean, this? I can't. I moved yeah. you above me, and then I was like, "Cause you know, just to swap of order." But then I was like, mm-hmm. "Wait a second. Nah, I should probably go last. Okay, you're right. You're this. right. You're right. Uh, I've been playing a couple things. Um, been playing, of course, some more Siege. Ooh. Man, what what a great concept for a game. Uh, okay. the, the one thing that I will say about it, though, there's a bit of a learning curve, especially. E- I mean, even stepping <laughs> away bit. from the game and coming back into it, there are so many operators. I'm just like, what the heck do all these people do? Yeah. But it's cool. It, I feel like the game is always adapting. And it, even though you're playing on, no joke, I think no more than like six maps. Uh, it, it doesn't get old. Like it feels fresh pretty much every time you play it. There's always a different approach. There's always different operators to pick from. And you're always trying to play against the other team based on what you, you know, discern or their operators in the beginning when you're moving around your drones. So I think it's a lot of flexibility and it's just a neat game. Man, have you played any Siege, uh, Jake? Mm-mm. Is this... Um, I want to say wish... Shield Team 6, but that's probably not the right word. <laughs> Rainbow Six. Thank you. I was yeah. remarkably yeah. close. Yeah, no, never I, played it. I wish you've played some of it, because I feel like you'd have similar feelings to me about that game, which <laughs> I feel like yes. mostly the opposite of everything Aaron has mm. said. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it, it seemed very tactical shooter-y. Mm-hmm. And those usually lose me almost immediately. I, I feel like it might even be like a step above like tactical shootery in terms of complexity because that, you are not selling. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like in terms of like, you're not really moving around a ton. Like your your movement is very slow. It's very suppressed. It's it's a lot of like planning and figuring out how you're going to attack a space. So. You know, if like you do move around shooter. a lot, you're very loud and everybody knows exactly where you are Man, and you instantly die. The audio cues in that game are crazy. They are like just sitting in a corner. Like you can tell exactly where somebody is, even if they're behind a wall. It's 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 incredible. Yeah, but, it's a significant portion of downtime mixed with about like three seconds of action oh my in gosh. which you die instantaneously by somebody that you don't even know where they're at. Time to kill in that game is strategy so low. I've heard called getting good. Oh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh. oh my. Gosh. That is what I say about that game, actually. I'd say it's very not fun when you're not good. If you're good, I'm sure it's amazing. That's true. Man, if you get like two kills in a round, it's like, man, that was a great round. 
fucked. Yeah. Like yeah. even besides the point of like like camping when you're defending or whatever because i know you can like do more than just that you can like move around and whatever like that's fine just the downtime in between rounds it is a little it's so long it's exhausting yeah Yeah, it's very long that is one problem with the game i will say they recently introduced the ban phases and those make it last even longer they introduced the ban phase and they introduced you getting to pick where you're going to assault from or where you're going to defend at yeah which just adding extra time i think they need to speed that up a little bit Wait, they, they have those two phases. Bands? Well, yeah. it's 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 like two bands. You ban an operator, uh, a, an attacker, and a defender, and then the opposing team bans an attacker and a defender. They don't just randomly select a few <laughs> operators to be banned. <laughs> for I was waiting for him to get to the point there. <laughs> Take that, Overwatch. Your ban system sucks. <laughs> Why would you do it this way? Yeah, you have uh, like a ban phase you have to sit through. Then yeah. you have to sit through like picking phase. And you know, like configure a dude for a little bit, so they give you a little extra time there. And then you gotta like pick which spot you're going to. And then before the round even starts, you have like drone phase where like people are like driving the little drones around to fi- try to find the bomb. Slash, if you're inside, you're like putting up some barriers and sitting next to a wall. So it's like the boring phase before you get to play the fun video game. Yeah. Of. So it's like that's like seventy five percent of the game. And then you get to where people are attacking finally, and you just instantly get murdered, and you watch <laughs> the rest of your party for the next four minutes try to stay alive. Also, when you watch your kill cam, especially like this game, like the curve for talent, like people who are good at this game, it's almost like a 90 degree turn, and then they're just, they're like exponentially better than you. You'll, you'll see people who are like, uh, like gonna be moving like around a corner to try and shoot you, and they'll just like start pre firing before they even get the correct angle. And they will, they'll kill you because there's bullet penetration everywhere. And they'll just happen oh to get God. a blind fire shot. I, I hate it, this game. I haven't played <laughs> it. I hate this game. Um, I have also been playing some Rocket League, uh, a love of mine. I will never put that game down, probably. I don't know why I like it so much, but I've heard there's an up-and-coming new game. Uh, what's it called? Broom, broom, Broomstick broom? League. Broomstick <laughs> League. Yeah. On Steam. Is it actually yeah. made by the Rocket League people? No, but everybody compares okay. it to Rocket League in the reviews. Okay. Lame. Uh, yeah, I've been getting back into Looks the Rocket cool, League a bit, a little bit. And I've also been playing a little Kunai with Chain. No, Kunai. A little Kunai. <laughs> uh, which, <laughs> which is a uh, little fun little action platformer um, game where you play as a robot. Well, not as a robot. You're playing as like a, a sentient being who's been put into like a computer's body. It's so weird. A robot. Uh, yeah let's just call a robot a robot yeah (laughs) sure sure um at first i thought there were some like i think i talked last time i played this that the the levels were quick the bosses were a little easy and there wasn't a lot of like complexity to what was going on that changed rapidly i played quite a bit while we were at pax and then traveling there and back and the game has gotten a lot more dynamic it's introduced things that i didn't see at the demo when we played at pax east um last year uh, things like rocket launcher and like upgrades in that game are kind of cool. You have to get near a router and then connect to the internet and download upgrades for your system. And those are based on like things you've already acquired throughout the game. So you can like upgrade your uh, your shrukens, your kunai, you can upgrade your rocket launcher, just your blade. And there's a whole bunch of new abilities too. Um, the enemies have gotten significantly more complex. Even like base enemies at this point are can be very difficult to kill unless you know exactly how to approach them. And 
the story is generally pretty cool. Um, you're kind of just like trying to battle back this group of mm, kind of like purist robots that are just totally, totally with the end goal of eliminating almost like an individuality. And uh, it's 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 a pretty cool game. All right, Jake. All right, Jake. So it's time. It's go time. It's, it's, oh man, I've been dying. So last time I said I would talk about the fucking bed of chaos from Dark Souls because I don't really have much to talk about this week. So we're gonna get into it. So we did Game of the Decade last, like two podcasts ago, I guess at this point. And I was like, man, Dark Souls should probably be on that list. So that or Bloodborne. Dark Souls is more influential though, and it's got this really good overworld. And then I always remember the bed of chaos exists, and I'm like, oh no. Dark Souls doesn't get to be on the list. Because the Bed of Chaos is the worst boss in the history of time. It is... God, it's bad in, like, every freaking way. Like, <laughs> theoretically, it should be good. Like, from a lore perspective, it's like one of the people who got one of the original Lord Souls. It's this, the Witch of Izalith. She, like, took the soul and she tried to recreate life and accidentally made a bunch of demons. And it's like, whoa, that sounds like it's gonna be really, really cool. So you, like, fight through this ancient city with a bunch of slow-ass little fire-breathing golems that are the dumbest enemies in the game. And, like, to my knowledge, the closest bonfire is about two minutes away. So you gotta run all the way through this boring-ass city, and you finally get there, and you're like, yeah, let's fight this witch. But it turns out she's a tree. <laughs> she's, like, this goofy-looking PS2 tree with these big, goofy, flaily arms. And it's like... All right, so I'm going to kill this tree. You can't just go up and hit the tree, because that'd be too obvious. You got to run around to the side where there's these big glowing orbs, and you hit the orb, and it's like, cool, you did damage to the tree. So you go and you break one, and you're like, okay, cool. This, I mean, this sucks, but, you know, I can do this. No, 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 no. You leave that orb, and the ground starts to fall away. It's not like you leave and a bunch of places fall away and you have to avoid them. No, no, no. <laughs> they fall away when you're about two feet away from where they fall away. So if you're running, like, say, to avoid getting hit by a tree in their goofy-ass arms, <laughs> the ground falls away about the time you step on it. And if you oh fall down gosh. there, you die. And you gotta run back from that two-minute bonfire. Why is the bonfire so far away? I don't know. It's so <laughs> bad. And, like, so the tree has these goofy-ass arms, right? And they hit you, and they do pretty good damage. But the worst part is, they knock you back, like, really far. Oh, no. Because they like, they, like, clip into you. So if you're avoiding these pits, and you're going kind of slow, because you don't want to run into the floor that might fall away under your feet. If you get hit by these goofy-ass arms, you're going in a pit. You got hit, <laughs> and you died. Because it's a one-hit kill. So... Just terrible. So finally, after like 10 tries and wasting all of your goddamn time, you get to the other urban you break and you're like, thank God, I'm done with this boss. No. You're not done. Because <laughs> the whole middle section falls away. So now you've got tree and this big empty pit between you and the tree. And it's like, well, what, what do I do? So you walk up to it and you look down and there's like a tiny path. Like 20 feet down in this pit. And like 10 feet out from the edge that you're on. So you gotta run and jump and land on this tiny ledge. And if any of you have played Dark Souls before, impossible. you know jumping in those games is impossible. <laughs> it's really hard. 
and the tree is still swinging its goofy fucking arms at you, <laughs> trying to knock you in the pit. So when you're running up, trying to line up on this stupid little fucking platform, the tree's knocking you in pits and killing you. And if you fall in, it's two more minutes before you can try this jump again. <laughs> so after like another, you know, 15 minutes of trying to land on this impossibly small platform, you run up a small path and you find a tiny bug. And you hit it once and it dies. And you win. That's it. You did. The <laughs> chaos was this what? little bug. And that's it. So dumb. Wait, can it's you just so run in bad. and find the bug right at the beginning? The, since the ground's in the way, and it's like underneath the tree, you can't get there. Oh you gotta gosh. do the whole thing. Why? I don't, like, it's legitimately, it's so bad that I think if they just cut that whole section out of the game, I would think Dark Souls was a better game. <laughs> <laughs> like, legitimately, it's the worst. So clearly, the, it should have been on Game of the Decade the list. The scary witch I mean, is actually like a bug, like little yeah, bug. Yeah, so like, I guess the logic is that like she made these demons and then like became a bug, <laughs> and like they call it There's the no head of chaos, which Wait, is a weird name. I thought you were saying it's like super, super like lore centric. Is like being a bug in Dark Souls lore like is that normal? As far as I know, she's the her and her sis daughters. I think daughters are the only ones who are like bugs like that. Okay. And like presumably it's because they made the demons and it turned them into bugs, but also kind of a tree. I don't know <laughs> why. I don't really know why any of it is the way that it is, and how they didn't play it and go, oh, just cut this one. This one's bad. It's Man. ugh. It's God. It's so bad. The weird gimmick fight. It is. Sounds like I think they knew it was bad because, like, if you destroy one of the orbs and then get knocked into a pit and die, and you come back, that orb is still broken. Mm. So, like, the damage you do stays. That's something. I guess. It's new and reset, and that's weird. No, and I do. I think it's because they realized it was really, really bad. (laughs) If they made you do it every time, everyone would just stop playing because it sucks. Is it? It's a required boss. It's not a side uh, thing. Yeah, that's. Oh my god! Because I know. I like. I say it's the worst boss, and that sounds hyperbolic, but like it really is because the rest of the game is so good. Mm. And then like, like Bloodborne, we always give shit to the Witches of Hemwick because they're terrible. Yeah, they suck, but they are easy and technically optional. Yeah, they give you true. a really important item, but you could for sure beat the whole game without it. Like you do not need to fight them. And if you die to them, it's kind of embarrassing because they're really, really easy. Did you die to them, Jake? I did once. Yeah, it was super <laughs> embarrassing. I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. I killed them. And I was like, "Oh, I beat the boss." Okay. Yeah. So like, they're bad, but at least like you do it once, and you're like, "Okay, we're done." But yeah. yes, you're gonna do it at least ten times. Wait, because <laughs> this you is... don't know the floor is gonna fall until it falls and kills you. Are there other Souls-like games where you beat the boss on the first attempt? Like I mean, any boss, sure there's bosses I yeah. I, I, I think, on the first attempt. I mean, not not Man. to humble brag here, but I think most of the early ones in Dark Souls three, I did in one try. Yeah. Wow. Maybe not the first one. Well, the first for me, one's it was tough. the first one because it was my first Dark Souls game ever. Yeah. Man, me and Caleb walked over the last like five bosses in Salt and Sanctuary. We did. We just obliterated them. We got I don't think Alex strong. even died in those fights. Which is weird. Yeah, usually, like the boss <laughs> fights would usually go. Uh, we'd get into the boss fight. I would die at some point. Caleb would finish the boss. I would get <laughs> resurrected. 
Oh, so like a reverse enter the gungeon. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we got to the final boss like the first like three times we got there, Caleb died immediately. <laughs> like first chance he got it was like dead, Jake, you gotta do this boss all on your own. <laughs> and yeah, I think he did it at least once on his own. I, I think so. Well that's because I had the, the babushka doll. Ah, that one is strong. They nerfed it. Yeah, I heard. That's too bad. There's like a cooldown on it now. That's dumb. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, that's why they nerfed it. Uh let's talk a little bit about uh let's talk a little bit about PAX East. Uh um, yeah, I know, right? A couple weeks I've ago, about taxis, man. Both yeah, my no, games done. <laughs> uh, a week, actually, a week and a half ago, we went to uh, Paxis, which is held in Boston every year. It's been that way for almost ten years now, um, and it was held on February twenty seventh through the first. And a lot of cool things happened, but uh, we have a lot of interesting things we'd like to talk about. We thought were very interesting. And Jake, as a matter of fact, I figured I would start with interesting you. Interesting things that we Me? thought were interesting. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that too. So that we could say, <laughs> yeah, shut up. Uh, <laughs> I figured we'd start with Jake so we could talk about how good The Last of Us Part 2 was. Oh my God, dude. So <laughs> incredible. It's, I brought tears to my eyes. I'm still crying about how touching it was. Yeah, so Sony obviously pulled out because the coronavirus killed everyone who was there. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> My biggest disappointment of PAX East is I did not get the coronavirus. And I, I was like, I was going all out, man. I was licking people. Just straight up. I would be like, <laughs> man, I, I didn't even get, get a common them. cold, man. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, somebody gets we were, sick like every year there. See, I we, know. Were we were talking about this, though. In, like, this year, I have, I have never seen that much hand sanitizer in one space. I've also never seen janitors standing at uh, escalators holding Lysol wipes on the handrail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, they, they were actually they, they really were going went, all out. Yeah, mm -hmm. they went all out. And I think it really helped. I mean, honestly, the reason we get sick probably at PAX normally is because no one cleans controllers. No one cleans headsets. No one cleans mice yeah. or keyboards. And you're just constantly like people They're are constantly coughing, like here. Can you lick face. this controller? And it's like, I mean, I don't want to be rude. I don't know you, but yeah. <laughs> and then like, I, so I can only speak for myself, but I think the reason a big reason I didn't get sick is every day after the expo, you know, those big things, a hand sanitizer, just down one. Just fucking <laughs> in one. You just, just gargle some bleach. That works. Just chug it. Huh? Well, that's what I was gonna say. The rest of us gargled bleach before we went. So, <laughs> oh, that's smart. That's smart. yeah. It, it really. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a don't shield. do that, people. You don't crazy, do dumb that. People don't gargle bleach. Gosh. Yeah, you gotta You're swallow dumb. it, or it doesn't <laughs> oh, get your inside. No. Oh that's where the virus is. <laughs> We're gonna get sued. <laughs> <laughs> PSA. Don't swallow bleach, don't, folks. Don't swallow bleach. Don't put bleach in your mouth. Don't just don't do anything with bleach. Don't buy yeah, it. You don't need garbage. It. Don't, you don't really buy don't need it. it. It's fine. <sighs> don't buy the product at all. It's okay. a scam. <laughs> I think what we should start with uh, is let's talk about our favorite thing from PAX uh, for this year. Um, uh, Uber I'd, drivers. <laughs> 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 um. Do you want to start with that? We could talk a little bit about your your travel back and forth. Oh my forth. god, this is the worst Uber your driver, least favorite Uber, things Uber from the trips trip. ever. I've ever was so crazy. One of them was so crazy. So Another crazy. one with the GPS. Just this GPS is crazy, man. Oh. Man, what trips? So Alex and I got off at the airport. This is gonna mean anything to a lot of people who don't go to Boston. But we go under the tunnel. That's like. Towards downtown, all the way into downtown, and we turn around and come all the way back through the tunnel to get the place we're supposed to be going. 
which is how close to the, the airport. GPS is crazy. It was like it's like five minute drive. Matt, yeah, you can see the airport from where we're staying. <laughs> but yeah. it took us what thirty five minutes, forty minutes? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. a long time. Yeah. Also, it was already pretty late at night, so all the it restaurants was. closed. Yes. And we were very hungry. We were well, quite hungry. Jake so and I got, got a great pizza. Huh? Chinese yeah, no, we had, I think it was the best pizza in the galaxy. If <laughs> from their advertising. Also, also, we are rich. I have. <laughs> gosh, we went in there to order that pizza, and we walk up, and the guy's like, "Hey, do you guys need plates? Oh no, no, we got plates. Oh, you got plates. Oh, you guys, you guys are rich. I'm like, <laughs> where are we? <laughs> I was like, it's, it's plates, man. <laughs> I don't know where that plate comes from. That's the line that they draw things at in Boston. Right there. Plates, no plates. It's true. There's a spot on your taxes. It's just like number <laughs> Do plates. You have plates. <laughs> yeah, tax those plates, man. It's true. I like uh, how having plates means you're rich, but they're willing to give plates away. Yeah. Yeah. If they're you don't have them. They are they're very loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Best yeah, pizza in the world. In the galaxy. <laughs> so Everybody of travels loaded. to East Boston <laughs> to go get the best pizza in the world. Gosh. And gets free plates. So they're rich. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So well, you, don't, your... you don't know how much you would have charged us for those plates. The thing. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. Uh, it would have been like $100. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll there take you your house keys, uh, <laughs> car keys. <laughs> So back to your Uber trip, um, that wasn't even the worst Uber trip that you had because you also had another Uber trip where you were coming from the convention I'd say center. It was pretty equivalent. Uh, well, your fare wasn't equivalent, and the time you were in the Uber wasn't equivalent. I feel like the time we were in the Uber was pretty pretty similar because this this one, the second one, we went from the convention center to a restaurant. And it was supposed to be like a ten minute drive, I think. And the guy, first of all, he circled the convention center all the way, like. More than a full circle around the convention center to get back onto the road we need to be on. And then got on the highway in the wrong direction. And we drive for like two minutes, maybe like five minutes before I said something. And I was like, oh, I think we're going the wrong way. And he's like, no, no, I used my brain. I know. I know which way we should go. <laughs> okay. My brain. I used my brain. And then he starts talking to us about how the traffic, how so crazy. <laughs> I love you. I love your accent representation of this guy. That's, so crazy. That's like what he sounded like. Though. <laughs> exactly. Like I get where you're coming from, but that is what this man said. Like the best like, was almost cartoonish. How like on yes. par like the accent was for man. It's that's laughable. Great. It was crazy. And then he talked about this police stop, police officer. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead and tell us what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember the context, but the punchline is he's like, yeah, the police, he pulled me over, he say these things, he killed me, so crazy. <laughs> I was like, what are you saying? The police officer killed you. That's he's undead. How the story he's undead. So yeah, that that was supposed to take about ten minutes, and that took forty-five to fifty somewhere well, in there. Uh, D- yeah. What about the it- ending though? Oh yeah, because <laughs> that's that's probably why this one's worse. We we're supposed to get dropped off at this restaurant. We get dropped off near the restaurant. You look at the GPS; then, it's at the restaurant. It's at the restaurant, uh-huh, but there's uh-huh. a freaking chain link fence between where we get dropped off uh, and uh, the restaurant. Chain link barbed wire wrapped on the top fence. Yeah, this yeah. was not like a easily hopped scenario. Yeah. And yeah. if you walk yeah. around the block, like two blocks that you got to walk to get there. There's nothing on the other side. It's just open. Yeah. Why is there a fence there? <laughs> There's no reason for it to it's have a been secured, open closed off. It's a secured shipyard. Is it, though? No, because it feels the like other we side's easily wide open. got there. Yeah. <laughs> the other side's wide open. 
And then we're like walking away, and he's like, wait, 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 wait. And he's like, is this your pen? You leave a pen? And Nick's <laughs> like, what? No, that's not our pen. It's so crazy. <laughs> what? Why are you so worried about this pen? Keep, keep the pen. Oh, man. It's a tip. <laughs> well, the thing is, he was worried because you'd left so many other things at so many other places, which I'm sure ha. you guys talked about in your Uber ha. ride. Ha. So he thought, oh, maybe this is this guy's because he's been leaving stuff. Yeah, it was a it was a bad trip for my brain as well. Yes, it was. It was, Very it was bad. just a not great. Back what's what's the final tally of things you forgot? Just I think three. I think no. Three. No, no. Yeah, I think three. No, you forgot your packs badge. You forgot your phone in the Uber. You forgot your My bag. Uh, bag. bag, and then you forgot your car keys in Boston. Oof. Oh, I honestly don't know when those disappeared. Okay, it still definitely counts. It does. I forgot about that because I had. <laughs> we got back spare, home so to the really airport. And it's like, oh, try, time to drive home. And I'm like, Caleb, let's go. He's like, I don't know where my car keys are. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know where those those things went. Well, every time I, I, I go to get on a plane, uh, before I get on the plane, I take my keys out and I put them in the same pocket on my bag every time. And there's when I get back, I open the pocket and they're there. Except not there this time. I don't know. Okay, so that was Caleb's favorite thing from PAX. Man, it was uh, rough. It was rough let's 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 go, Jake. What was your favorite thing from PAX? Okay, hang on. I, I have a thing for this. Let me just um. <laughs> what? <laughs> Men in Black International is the fourth Men in Black movie <laughs> in the Men in Black series. <laughs> Starring Liam Neeson as the other girl whose name I don't remember. I didn't actually do any research for this. I thought bit. you were actually reading that. <laughs> it was good for work. Yeah, I tried. I, I meant to have paper ready for it, but I panicked. You know, I only downside. The you read a Sirens. book report on <laughs> Men in Black International, the best movie ever made. Of course, the only downside is that to that movie is that no one it doesn't rain because someone's crying. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That is the so one downside. Sadly, down. man. Uh, so Men in Black International being the very tippy top thing. What else was in your like? Uh, like definitely top. best thing from PAX. I mean, okay, so let me, we'll finally be serious and talk about the games because Baldur's Gate 3 was there and it was amazing. Oh my gosh, it was so good. I, I didn't want to get my hopes up for it because like Baldur's Gate traditionally is real time and I do not enjoy those real time CRPGs, but it's turn based yes. and it looks amazing. It he looks said so that good. Like, I feel like half the audience was like, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, two things I distinctly remember from sitting there. One was when the little the little crabby guys, whatever they are, they walk past him while he was moving his character mm -hmm. and it didn't stop. And everybody's like, no. And then <laughs> at one point he goes, so combat is turn-based. And everybody's like, yes! <laughs> Not only is combat turn-based, but you can just go turn-based outside of combat to do stuff. Yeah. Incredible. Super good idea that I was never even anywhere on my radar yeah. considering for a game like that. But they're just it like, makes yeah, like, here you go. It makes like doing stealth stuff like way more. It makes so much more sense. Yeah. And they added a whole bunch of weird, interesting things. Like you can dip your weapon in fire to do some fire damage with it, which is crazy cool. You can throw your shoes. Yeah, yep. you can just throw anything in your inventory. It's wild. He like he attacks and he's like, oh, all I've got is this bonus action freaking i don't yep, know bonus fifth edition and he's just like all right and he just goes into his inventory grabs some boots that he's got and he chucks them 
<laughs> he killed a guy with his boots. He did. It was so cool. It was great. Not only did he kill a guy with his boots, he also missed several very easy shots with bow and arrow. Oh my gosh. And he was like 90%. He missed two dude, in a row. Or crossbow. <laughs> like, freaking, he pulls up this demo and he's like, okay, I've done this like a million times. There's no way. He gets TPK'd. <laughs> Almost twice. He's like the safe at the very beginning. He's like the safe system's not working right now. So if I die, we have to start over. Yeah. <laughs> so first okay. thing he does is he dies. <laughs> Literally first spot. First spot. Yeah. Oh. And it was cool because it felt like it was scripted. And I think I talked to a couple of you guys about this, but it was like he went in uh, TPK, just like completely got wiped out. Didn't even really. I don't think he killed a single enemy because he missed he did, so many. He times. did real, real bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes back in and people and he was just like, oh, I'm just going to skip this battle. And people are like, no, 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 go do it again. So he's like, OK. So then he introduces the uh, turn based mechanics outside of combat. He introduces that you can dip your bow into fire and get like fire arrows. And he sneaks around and does a shot onto like an explosive barrel and kills two enemies instantly, wipes the rest of the enemies on the board and just moves on like it was nothing like that wasn't even a battle that time. And then he was building some stairs and he just stabbed his companion. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Did Typical like Divinity style damage. where you just like yeah. misclick and like yeah. throw your grenade at a wall or something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was very funny. It's a very cool looking game. I feel like they took all of the, the positive qualities of uh, Original Sin 2. Well, I guess Original Sin 1 was also turn based, but. They took all the positive qualities of that and just were like, all right, let's just put this in the Baldur's Gate universe, which is cool. And it'll be a game where we can kind of merge all the people who love Divinity, but also all of all the people who love Baldur's Gate. Now, I think the real miss is that there was no Divinity Fallen Heroes. <laughs> God, man. Uh, Still heartbreaking. Too soon, too soon. It'll I'm be sorry. Back I'm sorry. Uh, Alex, let's move on to you. What was your favorite thing from PAX? My favorite thing. I mean, if you want me to go first, I'll go first. Did you not know this or... was coming? We were doing like a thing. Yeah. You're, th you're like your third. There's no way this is the new. You didn't see this coming. All right. I'll go. I'll go next. I'll go next. Two things Alex, really stand out. You got to go after him. Yeah. <laughs> just so be out here, not <laughs> no, Owen's going to go next. All right. So um, two things stand out to me. Number one, the concert that we went to on Friday whoa, night. Whoa, whoa. Everybody's you said doing favorite two thing, and now you're well, doing two things. Fine, I'll just do this one. The concert on <laughs> Friday night, uh, Supergiant Games was celebrating 10 years, and they got together. I'm pretty sure it was part of the Boston Symphony, um, because Probably. it sounds like they pick, picked up a couple people just off the street outside of the front doors. <laughs> it did sound like, hey, like that. Can you come in and learn this piano part for these 12 songs? Excellent. <laughs> um, and... Being the 10th year anniversary, they had four games. They played only songs from Transistor, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> they did play a lot of songs. This one's Transistor. <laughs> I know. I know. It Sorry, was... during the concert, that Man. exchange happened behind us, and it was very funny. Very funny. The concert was actually really, really, really good. Um, oh, yeah. It was freaking awesome. Darren Korb, and what is her name? The lead singer? Ashley Barrett. Ashley, yes. Okay. Their interaction was pretty hilarious. Uh, I feel like they are definitely not extroverts and like talking with people on the stage was somebody made somebody mentioned that this sounds like our Alex. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like our podcast because it was professional and very <laughs> funny. And... <laughs> Those are the reasons. Um, but they had I mean, they had like 
a, a, a giant section of, of an orchestra or of a symphony. And then they had Darren Korb, who was the he's the, the writer um, and or the, comp- the essentially writer. a composer composer. Yep, there you go. Um, and they had a guy who was conducting and it was very Our professionally guy. done. Sorry, Our guy. I don't know his name. Austin Wintry. Austin yeah. Wintry. He did the guy music very the important for Journey. Yes. Oh, okay, <laughs> he's a famous person. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but it was it's just very well done. They had some great visuals in the background too that were just kind of showing off some of the gameplay as well as just some of the um, you know the cutscenes and various characters throughout the game. And I think it was just well produced. Um, I don't know. You guys thought also, about it, but can we talk about how Darren Corb is like the coolest man to ever exist? He's so cool. <laughs> He's very like, cool. They're like, yeah. So like, he did all the music for Bastion. For the record, for those of you who don't know Supergiant Games, they did Bastion, Transistor. Pyre, Pyre and Hades. And he's like, yeah, they like the conductor's like, yeah, they did all the music for Bastion in a closet. And was like, later they do a QA and he's like, well, it wasn't a closet originally. It was originally just like my studio apartment and we put some <laughs> blankets up. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> like Bastion has like the best closet. soundtrack in like the galaxy. And he's like, yeah, we just like recorded around. <laughs> Whatever. We upgraded to a closet. <laughs> like what, that, that was so wild. And he's just such a chill guy. And he's got the goofiest facial hair. I love him. Yep. He does have some. He had a, yeah, he had some very strange, a very strange looking beard where it was like shaved just on the chin. Yeah. Yeah. Man, weird. Um, but also wanted to mention about that concert. Right afterwards, they're like, hey, we're gonna have a signing. And you guys should all get in line, which was super well organized, just like Pax uh, always is with lines. You like stepped out and it was just like, literally, we waited in line for like 10 minutes before we realized we were not in line. We were standing <laughs> near the line in a different line. Like, it's so mismanaged. Also, while you guys were in line, we had looked up the cost because you could buy and like an anniversary edition set that contained all of the the uh, records for all the games that they've made plus it had some additional songs that had never been released and of course that's like i think it was like minimum 300 and some odd dollars and it, they were sold out on the super giant games website and the only people you could buy them from was just somebody who purchased it and was about to sell it on ebay they really still, underestimate the amount of people who are trying to buy things you can still pre-order on amazon for 462 dollars and 98 cents <laughs> okay yeah Oof. Also, for the record, his facial hair is called mutton chops. Ah, that's what he's got going on. They go all the way down to the side of your mouth. Yeah, man. I thought mutton chops were just on the side because he's also got yeah. a mustache that connects. I it think like, right. connects up into the mustache. You can yeah. have also a mustache with mutton chops I that just, connects. Well, it's, it's not because it's not a mustache and also mutton chops. It's mustache that blends into the mutton right, chops. right, right. That's, I think that can be part of mutton chops. That's you can I mean, have sure. A... It's weird. I would not do it for <laughs> oh, my face. It's very strange. Like not was... to throw shade at him because he is the <laughs> coolest person alive. He's so freaking cool. Apparently, he just knows the guy. Like the three of them: Ashley Barrett, who does the voice of Red, and Girl from Bastion. Sorry, Girl from Bastion. Don't remember your name. Zia, Zia, uh, and uh, Red from transistor but they just like grew up together as did the narrator from bastion and narrator from transistor whose name i also don't remember logan cunningham yeah but like they just like knew each other beforehand yep and darren corp was just like hey i'm like doing this thing do you want to (laughs) like do you also want to do this thing and they all just like do it now 
It's so wild. And it's like incredibly it's like successful. yeah, it's like very well done. Industry defining, like yeah. the best in the industry. It's insane. Uh, Alex, what about your favorite thing from Pex? Mm-hmm. You're still thinking about uh, it. There's no way. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess I'm moving on to games because we didn't really go to other panels or anything. At least I didn't. I mean, my my thing was a game and um, then a Black International. I the first. Game I sat down to play was the Iron Oath, and I think it was my favorite game that mm. I played <laughs> at PAX. Um, it's a, a turn-based tactical RPG. Turns out we like those. Um, <laughs> Can't confirm. It's a it's, type. <laughs> it's, uh, it's hex-based and it's class-based. So there's like twelve different classes in the game that all have unique like spells and abilities. They have like the fire guy that does a bunch of fire moves, and there's like a Valkyrie that has like a bunch of like movement based stuff because she can fly around. Uh, this is like a like a paladin that can heal stuff. Um, and then layered on top of that is like this overarching like RPG story where you're moving around an over overworld map, and uh, like your people are sustaining injuries that they carry with themselves over time, and they age. And uh, it's like manage your people that way and like recruit new people to send into battle when, when you need it. And um, there's like dialogue trees and, and choice making and all that kind of stuff. So it seemed very good from what I played. Like the core mechanics of the combat seemed very well tuned. Hmm. Do you want to say it, Caleb? What? You backed this game on Kickstarter, yes? Oh, yeah. yeah. I went to go try <laughs> to tell Caleb about it because I was like, oh man, Caleb, this is good. This game is right up your game, alley. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're like, the amount of times you know, that I did that last year that. at PAX. I, I feel like it was really just the once. What, the secret is like just so don't big. tell Caleb about games you play. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, guys, Caleb, can you leave the rest that. of this podcast so we can no. talk about the. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Caleb, do you want an actual best of PAX East instead of just Uber trips and forgetfulness? Nah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, let's move on to just honorable mention stuff that we really liked, and we can talk about games here and all kinds of other stuff. But um, does anybody want to go first about things that they absolutely love playing? Yeah, do it. <laughs> Out of you know, not knowing what I was doing for my best, and now I'm yeah. first up for this. Anyway, uh, Ghost Runner, I thought was super super cool. I like that game a lot. And you're That's really good at it, right? I am really good at it. I'm a very good player, yeah. <laughs> I broke the game. Like <laughs> I caused a fatal error somehow. And then the guy comes over, he's like, Oh, sorry, this is not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm like, Yeah, of course it's not my fault. Pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> the first two games we played at PAX, we broke. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> fatal errors. Yeah, we um, broke we broke a lot of stuff. We, yeah. hmm Quick description of Ghost Runner. It's basically like a mirror's edge platformer with uh, sword combat and you can sort of slow down time to dodge attacks that's pretty much it yeah it's like it's like fast flowing moving through levels platforming can, it's kind of like thing, a first person hotline miami with only dashing and sword yeah well the one thing i will mention about this alex showed me earlier today you can attack the bullets to reflect them back to the enemies what Ooh. right yeah they didn't tell game you that changing completely different game at that point Wow. So upset when I found that out. So upset. 
Oh, that's by 3D Realms, yeah, which is weird. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. The same people who did uh, Duke, Duke Nukem, Nukem and Ion Maiden. Not to be confused <laughs> with Iron Maiden, the band. <laughs> uh, for me, another like majorly amazing game was Neon Abyss. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I think all of us ended up playing that game, but... Mm-hmm. Yep. It is a super great. Caleb's gonna hate this, but it's a roguelike. Um, mm, nah, can't play this. it. Not in. Uh, <laughs> it feels like a mixture of. To me, it feels like a mixture of like Gungeon and uh, Binding of Isaac. Yeah. Um, because you're doing, you have like a bunch of gun modifications, and you're you're kind of just going through these different levels, and you're also picking up. Were they eggs? Is that what's falling around? It's like an egg, eggs. and, and yeah, it eggs. hatches into various things. I like the familiar from Binding of Isaac. Yeah, yeah. They hatch into. And then all the guns you get are very similar to the guns you would get when you're playing Gungeon. It's a cool game. Um, Like, I felt like there was a lot of mix-up to what was going on, like what you could actually pick up in the game, even in the small demo that they had. Because every time I played it, which I think I played it four times, I never got a single gun that I had before. And a lot of the, uh, like, level layout and the items that I picked up were completely different. Mm-hmm. So, if so, you want a real reason to get this game, the first time I picked up was a gamer headset. Oh wow! <laughs> um, so, you know, did you get it's... Gunners next? Oh my god! I did, oh, dude. I That's love... an instant win, though. I love that Gunners <laughs> is always a pack. So I'm always like, man, what kind of fucking idiot would buy these? And I remember <laughs> Owen and Ben did buy them. Ben bought a pair too. I didn't know that. I thought so. I don't know. I might. I don't want to besmirch Ben's good name, but Owen definitely <laughs> did. So that's actually something that I noticed that Curse of the Dead Gods is kind of lacking on. Is Gunners? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Was uh, Variety. Because I watched somebody play, and then I played, and I got like two of the same curses that they had, and mm. I only got a total of three curses. So it I seems think like the... there's not a lot of variety in the curses. Yeah, in I think yet. the curses were limited, but... Yeah. The weapon pathing, like the weapons you can pick up, and then the pathing... Um, you guys described it similar to another game, where you're like picking... The sort of path you're going to go through Slate to ascend the temple. Okay, I think that was kind of cool because you can like kind of manipulate what you're going to go for. Right. Exactly. And then, uh, the mechanic for actually picking up items, like either you have to sacrifice gold to the gods or you have to sacrifice blood to the gods, and by doing blood, that gets you closer and closer to a curse. So, I think that part was like a little bit dynamic in, in terms of like making your gameplay different, but definitely the mm-hmm. curses feel like they were just light on. What else can you guys I, see? Can I go back and explain why I did the bit about Men in Black International? Oh, I realized yes. that people aren't, us aren't going to know what happened. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we So me and Aaron were waiting for Caleb and Alex to tour the downtown area of Boston. On that and first so, terrible Uber trip. Curse, yeah. Of course, yeah. So we watched, what was it? Back to the Future Part 3. Great yep. film. I haven't seen that in ages. And then we were looking through Netflix, and there's Men in Black International. It's like, well... That's obviously got to be what we watch. So it became <laughs> the meme of the trip. And that movie's terrible. <laughs> like, it's really bad. Pretty bad. It has I like tried a good, to explain a decent that it was twist. twist. The twist is almost really good. Like if it's it was almost a, really good, yeah. If it was a better movie, it would be a really cool twist. It's but true. it's not a better movie. But, <laughs> so listen, it just sucks. The best twist of the movie is when she realizes that the goon for the lady is the same little rodent that she like met when she was young. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> so bad. As soon as it started, it's like they're not going to try to loop oh. that back. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oof. yeah. 
It's, it was so bad. It's a, it's a really, like, the first thing Chris Hemsworth's character does is he tries to whore out his new Zoe Kravitz partner. Literally, he's like, I am going to pimp you to this alien for almost no reason. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I know about aliens. And he's like, great, you can have sex with this one. Pretty and much. it's like, wow, he is the worst. <laughs> this is ostensibly like a movie for children, I think. Really bad movie. Yeah. Anyways. Packs video games. <laughs> Packs video games. <laughs> Things. Uh, Psychonauts 2 was there. Oh yeah. It I got really to see. good. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was I wanted to hear what you thought, Caleb. Because I left before I got to talk to you after you saw it. Yeah. I mean it looks awesome. It looks like Psychonauts one, but just kind of a little more modern. Yeah. No, they uh it was a hands off demo. You like they had this really good system where you like went to the merch booth and you were like, hello, I would like to see the demo, please. And they were like, okay, we got a card for 12.30. Here you go. And so like now you have a ticket for the 12.30 demo to go watch. Really Which, good system. I wish good more system. places did that. Yeah, because you don't have to wait in line for five hours. Don't even get me started yeah. on Nintendo. We'll come back to that. Freaking, they almost had a good system, but then they didn't. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's so good. Because Psychonauts is one where like, is it lightning in a bottle? Can you do it again? You know, like, is the sequel going to be more than just, like, you remember this joke? Here yeah. it is again. But, like, the demo, it's basically, like, the whole tutorial mission, it seems like. Obviously, we don't know the game's not out yet. But it's really interesting and funny and new and different. I really, really liked it. I was, well, I was floored. While I was watching it, the guy, like, missed a jump and died. Ooh. And like everybody looked at him, and then he like looked over all sheepish, <laughs> like started playing it again. <laughs> That's awesome. It was very funny. Uh, but did, it looks really solid. Did anybody else play like right next to Neon Abyss? There's Rogue Heroes: Ruins of Tessos. Is that the one that looked like it was Zelda? Yeah. No, but Brock was playing no. it for a long time, which makes sense. <laughs> The game is really good. I mean, it's basically Zelda. It's got a couple of unique things, like there's a few character classes that kind of alter your primary ability, which your primary ability is like, they're simple things like the rogue can go invisible for a few seconds, or like the, the soldier guy has like the, like in Zelda where you can charge up and charge forward. He does not have a taller turret. <laughs> you can like charge forward with your sword in a straight line. Like he can do that one. Um, what's, what's the name of this again? Rogue Heroes: Ruins of Tassos. Um, but I think the really unique part about this is it's like Zelda, where you're running off and doing dungeons, but you're also like building up your town and upgrading things over time, and it's roguelike because of that. Hmm. Um. So you're like investing resources that you find dungeon in dungeons into like building a hospital, which will give you upgrades to like health and stuff like that. Or you build like a blacksmith area and get better weapons and stuff like that. So there's all that stuff. And then on top of that, it has like four player co-op that you can play. So it seems very cool. Uh, I also wanted to make mention of another one that I played. I have several more on my list, but um, Red Lantern, I really mm. liked. 
it is you're playing as a person who's kind of left their job and they've gone up to Alaska to run the Iditarod and you are uh, running with a bunch of dogs essentially and sort of like navigating down this Iditarod path and you're, it's like an event-based decision-making game um, that has a lot of the same like visual aesthetics that Firewatch did, mm-hmm. which I think is what caught my eye originally. But also, Ashley Birch is the main yep. voice. I was about to and say, you're not just playing somebody. You were playing Ashley frickin' Birch. <laughs> yeah, she nails it, too. I mean, she does an excellent job. She, it's like, she's she just so does. amazing. I frickin' love her. Um, I know Alex refuses to play this game because the trailer shows a bear eating one of your dogs. Yeah, what the heck? It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> and they played it on a loop on a big screen yeah, in front of this did. booth. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. They caught people's attention, though, and they made them come play the game. It was cool. No, but it made worry. them run away from the game and cry can, in a corner. You can pet all five dogs in a yes, different way. Until it's there's true. only four of them. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's no more scritches. Aww. I will say, so, like, obviously I wouldn't like this game because Ashley Birch is in it, and I'm, like, her biggest fan. But I kind of didn't like that game. It's okay. Did, were you a Firewatch fan? Very hands-off. D- yeah, okay, up until Game the play. end, yes. Okay. But, it, I mean... It's I definitely different because it's not free roaming. I mean, it is very much like yeah. you get on your sled, you go do some stuff, you go back to camp, and then you kind of, like, maintain. So it's more like a... Not a resource maintenance game. Well, I mean, it's kind of like maintaining it a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like a... This is going to sound very strange, but it's kind of like FTL if there was no combat. It's like just the events sure. and decision making. So yeah. like uh, that other game out there, out there, yeah, yep. out there. Oregon like Trail. Out there. Good point. Oregon Trail. Yep. You know, I mean, it's not bad per se. I it's just, not a lot I would on. like if they added more like consequences, kind of, because it kind of just felt like I was going around doing stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. it ended up not really mattering. Like obviously, it's a demo, so like maybe the consequences of me letting my dogs eat a squirrel haven't been fully felt but it's really hard to tell based on like the three metrics you have on screen exactly what you're doing how it's affecting them too mm-hmm. like there's no there's not a lot of visual cues for it you just kind of have this circle and it's slowly ticking down you're like i don't know how to fill that back up what am i what am i doing but i assume it probably explained a little bit better when it's not a demo yeah speaking of ashley birch there was a giant mythic quest booth there you guys watch that show yet nope uh nope. no any good isn't it it's it's pretty good hmm. that was a little strange there was a giant apple tv plus booth that had nothing in it it was just like mm-hmm. just a wall and well i guess they had the giant bird that you go get on top of and take a photo oh Show yeah about a i game saw that developer. too wasn't that right next to geico yeah <laughs> which <laughs> was another, another one strange was like excuse me and the u.s army booth yeah, I mean, U.S. Army though they at least like they have like esports stuff and they have they like do, their yeah. own like recruiting games. Geico, what the fuck is Geico doing, man? <laughs> Saving you fifteen percent or more. Oh, <laughs> oh, got it. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Uh, what else did you guys play that you liked? Um, well, this game I, mean, I, I played. Well, another little roguelike. I know you guys are surprised. I'm super surprised. Called Orbital Bullet. Mm-hmm. And it's a oh, game yeah. where. You're playing like a, it's like, man, how to describe this game. You're playing like on a cylinder. And like, as you move around it, you can see everything that's on the opposite sides and all of your bullets like go around the cylinder. It's like like how you move and shoot. It's like if you took a side scrolling platformer level and you just wrapped it into a circle on itself. Yeah. And then you're just like, you can see the whole level at the same time. 
Right. So you're never, you're never like surprised yes. by an enemy because you can see them coming up on you. And it was pretty interesting, and you can use like you can use the curve to to like ricochet grenades way way around and hit people. It's pretty fun. I didn't play a ton of it. I'm not sure how much like progression there is in it, but it was enjoyable. That was at the uh, mini booth, right? The indie yeah, mini booth. Yeah, the mini booth. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the mini booth, uh, we were talking we about the best freaking game there. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's not actually the best freaking game there, but Helheim, Helheim Hassel. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why I always struggle to get this freaking name. You sure do. I've been, it's been on my radar for ages. Like I had it wishlisted like as soon as they announced it. It's the new game by the people who made Manual Samuel, which is a game where you play this guy Samuel who dies, and you have to control all of his limbs and breathe and blink manually for twenty four hours. It's really goofy and really fun. Uh, so they're making a new game, Helheim Hassel, where it's kind of like that sweary game, J.J. Macfield and the Island of the Lost Toys or something to that effect. <laughs> that um, is not, not it's, it's close. It's J.J. Macfield and something, but... I think it's Island of the Missing? Mm, Who cares? Doesn't right. matter. And the Island of Memories. Damn it. I was pretty close. I like the Island of Lost Toys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the sequel, probably. But basically, you're like walking around. I don't know if your guy's name is Helheim. Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. But you walk around no. and all your limbs can f fall off and operate independently and use them to solve puzzles. And it's actually really good. I played it for a super long time. And I just had oh. a blast. It's really good. Helheim is, is also one of the realms. Yeah, it's hell. It's hell. Yeah. Yeah. The dead I thought hell was, was also... the god. Doesn't matter. Continue. The devil. The devil is also what like is. super, super interesting to talk yeah, to. Yeah. No, no. He's. He was Hell's the coolest a, guy. Hell's the place because she's like. She swears. She says home instead of hell. Yeah. That is but funny every is time she says it. I'm like blanking on like an example, but you know. What the home? What the home? What the home? She says what the home? Yeah. There you go. Ah, oh, feces. <laughs> yeah. Glad they brought that it's, back. It's really good. And yeah, the dev is just like the sweetest guy. He was super excited. I, I only so talked happy. to him a little bit because I was playing the whole time. But they do newsletters, and he's like, Yep, sign up for the newsletter. I personally write all of them. <laughs> and like, you can tell when you read them, that's just one guy just writing down what he did. Yeah. It's really cute and really good. I'm super excited for that game. Man, his, the newsletters are very funny. <laughs> They're really good. Uh, he, I caught the um, so like the what the feces thing comes from the first game, Manuel Samuel. Yeah, and like I saw that line of dialogue, and I was like, oh, like Manuel Samuel, and he was so excited that I caught the reference. Yeah, literally, Did we walked up, and he was like, yeah, we made Manuel Samuel, and we were like, oh yeah, dude, we love Manuel Samuel, and he was like, oh my god. You've played my people game. heard of my game. <laughs> Man, I feel like there's a part in the newsletter that's like referencing us. <laughs> I, I because... mean, it's possible because he talked about people saying they love Manuel Samuel and he's always so surprised. He was like freaked out that people knew what Manuel Samuel was in, the, in the US. That game fucking like slaps. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people know that game. It's really fun and really funny. Uh, did we? I, I was looking. I was looking up how the spelling. Did we um, of a different game? Did we talk about how these two games are on the same Tuesday? We did not, <laughs> but we should. That, I you mean, so I, 
Yeah, that was take pretty much in the same day. Yeah, check that off. <laughs> and what he was talking about, like in the future, they want to make a third game, and all of them are on the same Tuesday. The right, Tuesday trilogy, he yeah, said. Tuesday trilogy. <laughs> there we go. God bless this man. <laughs> <laughs> he should get an award. Oh, and he said that the idea for this game came from a bad review of Manuel Samuel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was yeah. like all the limbs feel like they're working with minds of their own, and he's like, "Well, no." But that's not a bad idea. I think it was. I think it was. This is a game about all your limbs living a life of their own. Mm. And he was like, yes, I'll make that game. Brilliant. Uh, I also wanted to mention uh, Other Side. I I really like that game for some reason. I'm very surprised. Man. Um, I I like this description of it. A mostly monochromatic XCOM style horror game. Oh, yeah. that game, right? Yeah. The, vampire, the vampire one. Yeah. Um, Are they vampires? They I, they look like vampires. I'm sticking with vampires. <laughs> they're they're just like they don't uh, sparkle though. It's like an army of of um, daughters. I don't know. They like they talk about how uh, you're basically like you're like you're like spawning daughters, and then they're going to like try to save the world from this grim suffering and 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 death sort of scenario. Um, I think the coolest part about this game is what they they call it their dynamic timeline system. So it's kind of like an initiative tracker, but based on what you do is where you get placed at that time moving forward in the timeline system. So you can do like a whole bunch of actions, but it's going to shove you way back in the timeline in order to be able to make a move again. Or you can like uh, strategically delay some of your actions as reactions as long as things that the enemies are doing happen within the time frame in which... Uh, you know, if you put like a 50 delay down, as long as they do within that their action within that 50 delay, then you will react to their to their action. So I feel like it took a lot more like it's like a lot of chess moves instead of just, all right, what's my character going to do next? It's more like, all right, I'm going to plan out how I'm going to move this character based on what I know that the enemies are going to be doing. Um, which I, I just thought was kind of neat. There are some really freaking weird aspects of this game, though. You cannot heal the daughters. if one of them is uh, somewhat damaged and you want to heal her, you have to kill one of the other daughters to use its life force to heal the first daughter. Um, whenever you run out, you there's like, a, there's like another screen where you kind of choose actions and you're on this overarching timeline, this sort of calendar of events and bad things are happening as the time is progressing forward and you're just trying to like delay the inevitable essentially. But over time you lose daughters and so in order to gain more, you're just germinating new daughters and then you're creating them in a specific class and sending them out to go do whatever the current quest is. It's weird, but I really, really liked it. Honestly, Kill mentioned it's like uh, it. I mean, I got dropped into weird. a weird level. Probably wasn't a great starting point. I think I have this theory that you're just really bad at it, <laughs> and that's why you're mad. Maybe, maybe. You might be right. What were we going to say, Alex? I mentioned it's spelled weird. Oh, other other, other side, but it's like C I D E. Yeah, like if you're killing others. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I think the only other one I would probably mention uh would be Jack Axe. A couple of us went and played Jack Axe. It's kind of like in the back of the the mega booth, and it was a game that should not be played cooperatively. <laughs> 
I don't even know if I would call it cooperative. Gonna level with you. Yeah, that's true. Probably Teams. not cooperative. Mostly like you're just killing your friends. Yeah. Um, puzzle, puzzly platformer. Uh, you're playing like a Nordic man or woman, and you're throwing around this this whirling axe to solve your puzzles. But most of what you're doing with your axe is causing like other mechanics to happen throughout the screen. And if you don't pay attention to where your partner or partners are, you'll just murder everyone. And then it's just you to finish that room, that puzzle. Alex killed me a lot. Hey, you killed me a lot, too. I killed you on occasion. You Aww. killed me a lot. You killed me a lot, too. Mm. Wow. Uh, what else? What else? Like Did you guys? Couple. I played play Tunche in the Kickstarter area. What was it? Tunche? Tunche. T-U-N-C-H-E. It is a... Game that sort of plays like uh, Castle Crashers, like that side scrolling, and you can move in and out a little bit, like beat 'em up style. And there's like a cast of characters, and it's multiplayer, like just the same. But it's all based in like Peruvian mythology. Hmm. So, like, the, the combat feels pretty good, I think. Like, it's you can kind of combo your abilities together and like a launcher and you can do just something like air stuff there's like special attacks and everything but it's mostly just like a fun little beat-em-up that seems like it's gonna be pretty good it has um a hat kid in it from a hat in time yeah oh it's like a crossover that's weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is but yeah i think it it's it seems like it'd be like a good like a uh, little beat 'em up like a uh, Castle Crashers Full Metal Fury style game. Nice. Nice. Uh I've got another one. Uh so I finally got to play Nirvana. Uh it's the sequel to Valhalla. Uh I waited in line for a while for this one cuz I kind of just got bored one day and decided I would just wait it out and play it. And it's I mean it's basically just Valhalla again. I feel like hot take I don't like it as much as Valhalla. I think it really comes down to the main character because the main character in Valhalla is like this surly, depressed chick who lives with her cat and she's just kind of like sarcastic. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But then this chick, she's like, she's got pink hair and she's got a kid and a husband who's in the mafia and she's like happy. And I'm just like, I don't relate to this character at all. <laughs> but it's, it's still good. Uh, they added more ways to kind of interact which is cool, like, before you basically just mix drinks and that's the entirety. You don't have any input in, like, what Jill says. Uh, whereas this time you have, you can have options on how to react to something someone says. Like, you can react happy or, like, angry or surprised or confused. Uh, so that was kind of a neat little thing, but yeah. Um, I've not played this game before, but what I'm reading is that this is described as a cyberpunk bartender action game. Yes, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so the setting's really the selling point. It's basically a visual novel, but where you mix drinks. Uh, you play as a bartender in a cyberpunk future. Uh, there's, like, there's cyborgs and robots, and, like, in the background, there's almost, like, a war brewing. There's, like, riots. There's all kinds of intrigue. And so, like, customers come back, and they're like, oh, let me tell you about, like, my job where I got held hostage in a bank. Like, <laughs> just all this shit happens. And it's really cool and really interesting. It's really well written. Hmm. There's also in the first game, there's this really cool thing that like, I don't know if they're going to do something similar in this game, but like a patron comes in and you talk to them for a while and then it turns out like they're not real. 
they have like this weird glitch effect and like it turns out all the drinks that you serve them are just like spilled all over the floor and it's just like this really cool intrigue whenever she like pops up that was like my favorite part of the last game was like she just shows up and it's like super crazy it's so crazy <laughs> it's so crazy and i'm kind of hoping this game Kill does more you. of that because like dude the first game just had so much cool shit there's like a sex worker robot who just comes in and she's super cool there's like this hacker chick and like these like special forces cops who come in and this one i just like i just played the demo so like obviously i don't know but you just talked to this banker chick and she was kind of boring i didn't really like her so i don't know i kind of came away a little lukewarm on it but yeah that's just me the end the end <laughs> uh for your other guys anything else that you had I feel like people covered most of them. I've got one more quick one. Uh, this was a super anime-looking game that I basically started playing by accident. I was just standing around because I thought the trailer looked cute, and then they opened up a bunch of PS4s for people to play, and the guy was like, you want in? Because they pulled from the back of the line instead of the front for people to play on the PS4. Uh, it's called Genshin Impact. It just looks like an anime uh, Breath of the Wild, and it looks like it could be really, really good. Because it's got the same kind of like big open area with a bunch of like rather than having like one linear path, you've got like puzzles kind of scattered all around that you can do. And it's even got the same like climbing meter, which kind of suggests that there's going to be a lot of exploration. It seemed really cool. You control like five characters, I think, that you can switch between on the fly. Seems like it could be really cool. Cool. I was wondering if that game was any good because they kept on playing trailers for it around the thing, but I couldn't it, really tell what it was. It seems pretty solid. Uh, the weirdest part was again okay so it was just a demo and i basically just jumped in there didn't seem to be a way to dodge or block attacks you basically just like wailed on people mm. which is weird you'd think you'd have a way for like a tougher enemy to like you know dodge or something but maybe i just didn't know the button um, oh shoot i meant to mention all right what well, did you have one alex i did have one go for it i didn't actually play it but over near the Discord booth where they actually had Doom set up. There was another game next to it called Midnight Ghost Hunt. That actually looked pretty interesting. It looks like a like a asynchronous multiplayer thing. It, it looks like um instead of like one v whatever, however many, it looks like it's just two teams, like Nazgoth style, where they're just like completely different styles of team, mm. and one one team plays ghosts and one team plays ghost hunters. Man, they should release a game called Nazgoth. <laughs> <laughs> the game was really freaking good. They should, and it was basically done. They should have just released it. Correct. Uh, we also have not mentioned that there was a uh, another strand-like game at PAX <laughs> this year, uh, Cloudpunk, where you're just a taxi driver in a cyber city. I don't even remember seeing that game. It was kind of on the side. Uh, also, oh, also, the thing I was going to mention, Brock and I went and we were going to play uh, Eschaton, which is a board game where you're kind of playing these uh, characters trying to bring about the end of the world and rebirth it. And they had this other game that they were showcasing. So we sat down to go play and I recognized these two guys who were sitting next to us. And Brock and I got up when we were done playing. Brock's like, oh, my gosh, you know who that was? I was like, yeah, actually, I'm. I, that was totally that was Troy from... Uh, glass cannon podcast and his buddy joe and they're the guys who do uh androids and aliens which is the podcast that i've been listening to for a long time of course i said nothing because i hate being i hate fanboying in, in general uh but 
Brock wasn't even talking about them. He was talking about the guy who was sitting to my left, who's another person that he knew from some other situation that he couldn't figure out. We were both talking about two completely different subsets of people while we're playing this game, this demo game together. It was a wild time. So crazy. So crazy. <laughs> they killed him. So crazy. So crazy. <laughs> There also, so I don't really have anything to say about this, but there were two really big remakes of PS2 games there that I thought was weird. They're mm. remaking Battle for Bikini Bottom, and they're also remaking Destroy All Humans. Yep. Battle for Bikini Bottom, way underrated. That game's actually really good. Destroy All Humans, I don't know why you would remake that game. <laughs> like, I liked weird. it when I was seven. Yeah. And, like, it was fine. The sequel was better in almost every way. So I don't know why you would remake the original when you could just remake, you know, the sequel, the good one. Not even good one, just better one. Because it's still not like a good... I wouldn't call it like a good game. Like, it's fun, but it's, it's like goofy fun. I don't know. It just seems really weird that you would remake that game. What's it called? Destroy All Humans. Oh, okay. It probably came out... I don't I mean it was a PS2 game. Mm -hmm. You just you play as this alien and you're like there to take over the earth, but you're like it's got kind of an invader zim kind of vibe because you're a little bit incompetent. And like you can like disguise yourself as human and you go around, you can like cause havoc. It's just it's like a third person thing. Mm. It's it's like it's fine, you know. I don't know why you would remake it. They're very excited about it though. Yeah, it had the it had this huge booth, and I'm like, who wants this? <laughs> like, because if it's fans of the original guys, look at me. It's not that good. Like, it's fine. Also, just play the second one. The second one's better. <laughs> <laughs> so um, crazy. <laughs> so many times. It's so crazy. Uh. I, I thought, so in, enough of PAX for a second. I thought we might mention that um, three of us started playing at the uh, the Horizon House, since we're now calling it that. Um, we started playing Gloomhaven. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not allowed to do that. Gloomhaven <laughs> is the game you buy, and you tell everyone how good it is, but you don't play it. Right? Correct. So not only do we have the like the game itself, but we also have... The $80 laser cut box components in order to store this game so that you can functionally pull it out of the box and play it in a timely manner, which timely manner is not a very good way to say that because it still takes forever to set up and play. But I have a love-hate relationship with that game. I hate certain things about it, like when Caleb moves into all the spaces that I want to be on. But <laughs> I do like the mechanics. I think they're super, super unique. I just wanted to mention that. Um, anything else from your week? I've got one real quick. <laughs> um, Baldur's Gate 3 looks so good it made me start playing Kingmaker again. <laughs> I installed the turn-based mod. It's way better. Oh my Is gosh. It really? Oh, it's so much better. Because you can like, you can like fight, you can like control your freaking characters. Like no longer am I like, hey, can you go attack that guy and watch him like run across a mountain to get there? Now I'm like, <laughs> okay, walk here and then do this. And you can actually like five foot step as Huge. opposed to just never getting a chance to do that. It's really nice. If you happen to own Pathfinder Kingmaker, there's a mod to make it turn based. Highly recommend it. Was it like an ordeal to get set up? Um, 
I thought it was, but it turns out I have a very wide monitor now. I've got like a curved monitor. And if you have a curved monitor and you try to launch Kingmaker in full screen, it will crash every time. <laughs> every time. So that took like an extra hour to figure out. Because I thought the mod was breaking and then I installed the mod and it was still crashing. But it's super easy. Uh, Alex, when is the next Expanding Horizons podcast coming out? Uh, we should be recording this weekend and then out on April 1st. Awesome. Nice. Sorry, I just threw some stuff on my desk. That's why? It's totally understandable. <laughs> totally understandable. He's upset. He's ready to be done. Okay, on that note, <laughs> fine, Alex, just for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you go to the website. Check out the other things we've been working on. Uh, there's also a recent community cast we did uh, for Fire Tower, so make sure you check that out. And uh, we will catch you next time. Bye. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Federkyle, and Caleb Juno. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on, one for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.